Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whifford. Hey. So today, we're going to be talking about a movie as opposed to a series here. We are going to be talking about the new Netflix movie, The School for Good and Evil, which is based on a book which is titled... The School for Good and Evil by Soman Chainani. Alright, so before we get in and start talking about this here, we got typical reminders. So, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. Or if you want to get at us on Instagram, that is at fantasyrewindpod. And then on Twitter, we are at fantasyrewind. Okay, without any further delay, let's dive into the rewind. All right, Mike. So just why don't you, before we get started talking about the movie here, can you give us like a brief overview of what this book and what this movie are actually about? Yeah. So this takes place in a fictional world in a fictional town called Gavilan. Um, And in this world, fairy tales are real. And they know this because this town gets storybooks. And in these storybooks are different characters like Snow White and Cinderella. People we know, fairy tales, right? But also members of their town disappear every few years. And they start showing up in these storybooks. And so there's this whole um, thing that they're getting taken and going to the school for good and for evil. And they train the school for good and evil. And, they, and that school trains the next villains and heroes of these fairy tales. And that's pretty much the premise of the show uh, as we're getting into it. All right, so why don't we just jump off the cuff here, Mike? Cause so just to give you guys some heads up and like some background information, Mike has read the book School for Good and Evil. I have not. So I'm going to be coming <laughs> at this from a strictly show perspective. Mike, you'll be coming at it from a book reader perspective here. So, just overarching thoughts. What did you think about the movie? So, I'll actually share my partner's thoughts. Uh, She watched it with me, and she enjoyed it. She said it was pretty good. She was a little confused about some of the, like, time lapses and felt like things progressed very quickly in some parts, but overall liked it. As somebody who read the book and then watched the show, I liked that they, how they did a lot of different elements but overall they definitely pushed the romance narrative a bit more to the forefront uh than it was in the books at least in terms of like between agatha which is one of the two main characters and uh tedros so i thought that it was a very mixed bag of a movie if i'm just gonna be honest here i thought yeah you're perfectly fine with saying that i thought that there were parts of it that I was surprised at how well they were done. Like, I mm-hmm. really liked the magic system in here about, like, how, like, the students had to have their powers unlocked and, like, some of them could actually do cool things, like have a giant creature come out of a tattoo on their back. I also mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I liked the transfiguration of people going from dove to human form and how, like, that took place and everything. I thought that was enjoyable. Um, but then there were some of the things I thought were a little too cheesy. And some of that were the fight scenes. I thought that the fight scenes, especially the one in the beginning with the two brothers fighting there, 
was way too stylized and way oh, yeah. too <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I mean, that one was kind of supposed to be because it was like sparring, but it was just way too over the top and cheese. Um, however, what I had the biggest problem with for me was just how dang predictable everything was. Um, I was watching this and I was, as soon as like something gets mentioned, I'm like, oh, so this is going to happen later on and it happens. And I was able to do that like at least like 10, 15 different times in the, in the movie here. And to the point where I was like, I could have written this movie and like summed it up super quick without even uh, having to try. Um, but it was, it was all right enough. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was full of cheese, full of young adult romance, and mm-hmm. still somewhat enjoyable, even for a guy in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say um, that the, some of the elements that you listed there weren't in the book necessarily, and I think were added in to make, to sort of omit or change certain scenes. Like, the whole fight between the brothers bit isn't in the first book at all. Mm. It's mentioned, but it's never, like, you know, explained. And the blood magic thing was never brought up into it. And uh, there was a lot of... There was some minor differences that made a big... It kind of had a big impact in how the story played out. So, wait a second. The blood magic wasn't even involved in book one? At least not in book one. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite parts of the the movie. (laughs) So, it could be be later on in Uh. there. uh, Because, so, you saw how, like between Sophie and Rafael, uh, you never had any interactions between those two in the first book. Okay. At least to your knowledge. Um, at the end, you do find out that Rafal is, well, you don't know his name, but the evil brother is the schoolmaster. Right. But he's staying away from everything, and he wanted, he did want Sophie to eventually come to him for those reasons, because... That is what evil does not have in fairy tales is true love's kiss, and he wanted that so he could be all-powerful. So that bit was correct, but how he was taken down and a lot of the other uh, leading-up points were a bit different. Like, there was never a relationship, at least to my knowledge as of right now, and I'm reading book two, of Lady Lasso and And Rafal Rafal having a relationship like that. Mm. So I I, kind of want to go in here and just start... uh, going through the a little bit sure, of what, yeah. some of the big events and talking about that. So when we, we start off the episode, we do start off, like you said, the fight between Rafal and his brother. So the fight between good and evil, they were sparring at first, and then evil does want to take control, and it's shown that uh, shown between their fight, and it's sort of left off where you believe that evil died, uh, Rafal died at least, and good survived, and we kind of flash forward to present-day Gavaldon, where you meet Agatha and Sophie, and in the book, this was this is where it actually started, is in Gavaldon, between, uh, from Sophie's perspective. And the book kind of flops between Sophie and Agatha's perspective, mm. even within chapters, okay. uh, pretty pretty quickly. So you have to really pay attention to some of the like dialogue or some of the um, some of the text there to really understand who is talking. Sometimes I've even been like started reading and like, oh, it switched. So um, it does flip between them pretty almost seamlessly sometimes or i guess confusingly so wait does it have like any marker or anything that says like agatha or sophie or anything like that no like i'll just start reading them it'll be like set like it'll be like a lot 
two lines in and it'll be like Agatha never had done and I was like oh okay switch to Agatha now so I, I will say that bit was a bit confusing but overall like I enjoyed reading the book and I think because um it was interesting in how this world was presented and like I'd never had thought about this and I immediately was started reading this I was like oh man I'm gonna not like this because <laughs> it's gonna have them go to the school they're gonna end up you know falling in love and like I knew pretty much of the page in that Sophie, while she Appeared believes good. she's good, yeah. is not actually good. Exactly. Um, but I will say this, and I think they did a nice job of the show kind of showing this a little bit, is that Sophie, you don't realize just how evil Sophie is. Like, mm. to get what she wants. And in the book, it's, like, way worse. See, for um, me, I thought, like, so the opening scene you see of Sophie is mm-hmm. Sophie dreaming. And you don't know it's a dream when you first see it. So it's yeah. Sophie coming down as this radiant queen, radiant princess woman, and basically causes the whole room to stop and stare at her. Servants tripping over themselves, shattering glasses over her beauty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this woman is clearly vain. super vain. Yeah, she's going to be like that beautiful evil queen vibe here. And as soon as they mentioned, like, The School for Good and Evil, and of course I knew the title of the movie I was watching, uh, but as soon as they started talking about it and she started saying how good she was, I'm like, this girl is going to be so bad. She's going to be like that that fair femme fatale who is, like, secretly evil. And I got that right off the bat from seeing her in her dream there. That's fair. That's fair. And in the book, I mean, you do get that she's very vain. But you just don't, you don't understand just how evil she gets. And as I, like, what I say is, like, you know how she was in the Doom Room? Right. And Lady Lasso cut off her hair. Well, in the book, it was not Lady Lasso. It was somebody called the Beast, a.k.a. the Beast from... uh, Oh, okay, from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, from Beauty and the Beast. And he's, he sees that the best way to torture her will be to just cut off her hair. So he does it. And then he tells her to leave. And then he, like, goes over, because there's, like, this moat, or kind of this stream, and he goes to, like, wash off something, his hands or whatever, in the filth. And she comes back in and kills him. Oh, man. Yeah. And, like, that's something that's still kind of with her to book two. So I'm just saying, like, you don't even, like, that's the first inkling. You're like, oh, wow. She's, like, she can be ruthless. Okay. evil. Yeah. And she doesn't even, like, she justifies these things in her head. And, mm-hmm. um the she uses agatha and you you get a little bit of that in the movie but you don't get all of it like she's really really bad and even into and and that's what i really liked about the book is that there was all these little events that happened throughout the school year and you're just like realizing like even though agatha was actually portrayed as this bad person because she was weird and different and like she acted kind of tough mm-hmm. she really wasn't and sophie is the opposite you know and so at first, you're like, oh, yeah, they're obviously going to go to the opposite schools, but it's the it's all, the devil's in the details with them. Mm. Like, you just start realizing more and more just how polar opposites they really are. And I, I think they didn't really stick that in the movie. And I understand. It's really hard because I think about this with any of the school movies, you know, like Harry Potter and even the Percy Jackson. Oh, even the Percy Jackson movies, which were terrible. Well, that show is going to be coming out soon, so hopefully. It oh, the show! Stuff. I'm excited for the movies. I my students were like, "Oh yeah, they made movies of that because we're going to do 
Percy Jackson and Book Club. <laughs> and I'm so excited about it because, you know, full nerd out. Um, but they're like, oh, yeah, they made up movies. And I was like, you do not talk about those movies in this classroom. <laughs> it's like, they are crap. I said that. <laughs> um, they were like, whoa. I was like, yeah, you'll find out when you read this book and you fall in love with it. No. Uh, anyway, but the the thing with those movies, and I think Harry Potter probably did the best with this because it just hit these big events, um, is that you don't get all the little nuances that happen throughout the school year. And it, it's kind of hard to really get you know get that especially in this book because this book a lot of it happens in these classes and small moments and there's a lot of them it's a pretty thick book Hmm. so they couldn't really do all that and so they had to really kind of push the narrative a little bit faster in some spots than they did yeah and so like one of the things like i just want to mention because we're talking about sophie and how how much more ruthless she can be and how much more evil she seems in the book than she does in the movie I would say, like, in the movie, she doesn't really go full evil until she gets the blood magic. And... Yeah, and that's why they brought that in as a catalyst, I think. Yeah, what I think about that is, like, you have this, like, argument from Sophie, like, maybe halfway to just under three quarters of the movie that she's not supposed to be in the house of evil. She's really good. And she's sticking to it. She's getting bullied. She's, like, enduring all of this stuff, trying to say, I'm good, put me in the good house. And then even at the end of the movie here, like, you have her doing these good things and, like, being a more complicated character where she has done some bad, but nothing that bad, which is why in the movie, at least, they tell her she got put into the, the house of, or the room of doom, because she didn't do anything bad enough to, like, warrant being in the House yeah. of Evil there. And in the movie, you have the good headmistress basically tell Agatha, Sophie's using you. She's, like, manipulating you. And Agatha's like, no, she's my best friend. She's stuck up with me forever. And so it sounds like in the book, you get much more of that going on mm-hmm. where you see Sophie using Agatha, Taking manipulating her. Yeah. Agatha, and maybe she wasn't protecting her in Gavaldon for her oh, good no, of her heart. She, she was just using her. Yeah. That was the thing is like in Gavaldon they didn't have this long, long friendship. Mm, okay. Like they do in the movie. Okay. Um it's much shorter and it is because Sophie wants to use her is using her as her good deed, mm. so to speak. And because she knows that, oh, she's evil, so she'll end up going to the school for evil. So I'll just buddy up with her and really impress the schoolmaster to take me. I see. So wait, so in the book, she's angling for the school for good and evil the entire time. Oh, as yeah. As opposed to like stumbling onto it like they do in the movie. Correct. Okay. Wow, okay. Yeah, that, that is different. And again, I understand why they would do that because they didn't want to bring up how kids have been continuously getting kidnapped and, uh, you know, finding them into the storybooks because that's a lot longer... T- a longer explanation to what they did. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought, like, as far as getting back and focusing on the movie a bit here, that the introduction of the School for Good and Evil, like, the concept of it all, was done very, like, very smoothly. I thought that it wasn't much of mm-hmm. a jumping on point. Like, you don't, you didn't need to have no. any background knowledge. You just, like, you found mm-hmm. it in the book. And, like, oh, what's this S, <laughs> you know, what's a School for Good and Evil, SGV, or SGE? Yeah. And, uh, that was a very quick learning curve, and it sounds to me like, so, like book Sophie, 
is a lot more of an interesting character. Like, I liked her in the movie here, and I liked Agatha, but I I have a feeling I would have liked Book Sophie even more. Yeah, I think Book Sophie is definitely more interesting than the one we got. Though I do think that the actors who played them did a really nice job. Yes. I think Agatha was actually the one who benefited more from the movie treatment. Mm. She was much more interesting and less naive or not necessarily naive but maybe like she just wasn't as assertive in the book as she was in the movie got you and i like that she was assertive in the movie she definitely had more of a uh more of a personality i guess Mm. like her standing up with like the whole gregory thing where he came over and flew over and uh she was you know trying to change him back into a human before tedros came and killed him that happened in the book a little differently she did save the wishing fish and after that all these animals from the forest start trying to bum rush her because they want to get turned back into people Mm. and you come to find out that all of these creatures the wolves the fairies they are all failed former students students. yes Mm. and the wolves are all the evers and their punishment is to be forced to take care of the nevers oh man oh god and the nevers get turned into fairies and their punishment is that they have to serve the evers so it's like really twisted and evil and you find that out later on and it's like little kids like you saw that little girl and it's when that happens that reveal happens later on about that part of it which they didn't show in this in the movie it's it's a big deal and it's really messed up because also sophie goes and kills some of them later on when she's turning into her full witch mode which that was, I think, one of my uh, issues with the film was that her transformation from regular student into the full hag. Yes, I didn't like that. Wasn't part. really explained very well, and the nemesis part wasn't. No, so the no. nemesis in the book was a very important piece. They kept coming back to it slowly, and at the beginning, you're kind of like, okay. And I was like, I know what you either know Tedros happening. or Agatha is going to be the nemesis. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Agatha, yeah. and it doesn't end up being Agatha, but. But when Lady Lasso's explaining it, she's like, you'll start to have these transformations. You'll It'll start with these dreams. And these dreams, you'll start picturing this person. Their face will be kind of murky, and then it'll slowly get clearer and clearer. And you'll start to undergo changes, like you'll get warts and all this other stuff. And uh, you'll start tasting blood in your mouth, and that's how you know like you're having nemesis dreams. And once you find out who your nemesis is, as they get stronger you get weaker Mm. or like there's like a yeah there's like an inverse of power almost um and so she finds finally she thinks it's tedros and like and then eventually finds out it's actually agatha her best friend who is her nemesis and she's getting weaker as in like she's getting ugly and like all this decrepitness and that's how she trans that's why she transforms is because of her nemesis and in the movie, I think they played that down a lot. They changed that quite a bit. In the movie, it yeah. was, she started to, once she accepted the blood magic from Raphael, that's when she started to transform. And he was like, don't worry about it. Think of it like a butterfly going into a cocoon. And she yeah. just, she went from being this beautiful young girl to being this girl with like a big nose <laughs> and a little, yeah. a little hairy, uh, pimple wart to being full hag and i was like oh my god like what and um so i'm just gonna jump in on this here because this was just something else like done in the movie that i wanted to mention here 
yeah, um, go for but it. But when the reversal of the houses happens, mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really cool. But mm-hmm. I want to bring it up here because Sophie turns back into the beautiful person that she was before. Yeah. But nothing happens to the rest of the evil crew. Nothing happens to the rest of nothing happens to like Agatha. You see Tedros has like a couple like scars on his face and everything. I'm like, okay, wait, so if Sophie gets to be beautiful again, why isn't Agatha ugly? Why because that's her nemesis. So well Agatha never switched mm. schools because she never attacked. All the so that was the thing, like the whole creed for the Agatha. Gotcha. You know, we don't attack, Evers we defend. Defend, yeah. never is attack. And because they attacked, they were proving, or evil attacks. So they were proving they were evil. Agatha was the only one who doesn't attack. And so therefore, she was not affected by that change. Now, I will say that I'm pretty, like, 95, 90% sure that in the book, she does not change back until um, Agatha kisses her. Because that settles the fairy, that settles the fairy tale. And so that settles the whole nemesis bit and everything else. Mm. Okay. I could be wrong, though, about that. But I'm pretty sure... It, I know it didn't happen, at least during the fight, or during the ball scene. And I will say that was also one of my favorite scenes in the book, because I had constantly thought about that. I was like, you know, these Evers act all high and mighty. Yeah. Like, they're good, but they're really not. Yes. And it's really that shift that changes things. And I wish they had shown... A little bit more than Never's reactions to getting the ball because this was the thing that was like it said on the banner this first was the first annual, ever Never's yeah. ball and it was such a big deal to them they were like oh wow we actually have this really nice thing that we've never had before and like they start to actually like let their guard down a little bit and enjoying themselves Agatha shows up and Hester who is the uh the witch with the tattoo um and who's you think it's going to be kind of the big bad at the beginning of the book, but ends up, you know, fizz, fizzling out because of Sophie. Right. Um, she's just like, you know, kind of lets her guard down too with Agatha. And it's like, hey, yeah, just come celebrate, you know? And Agatha's like, no, they're <laughs> they're coming to attack. Like, you guys got to gotta pick up shop here, you know, get ready. And they're just all like, it's just very, it's a reversal because they feel like they're in a space they're allowed to do that. Yeah. Finally. I will say, though, the one character that I like the change they did in the movie versus the book is Holt, or the the boy who has the the hair pop out of his chest. Oh, who's a <laughs> yes, Captain Hook's son. Yes. Isn't it Holt? Not I, I don't remember his name, I to be honest. Like, I thought it started with a name. Yeah, I, I didn't hear it. I just heard Sophie say, like, that sounds like something you, like, a sound you make when you, like, cough or something like that. Yeah. But I liked yeah. him. I thought that he was cool. Um, he was I thought it was very interesting, though, just, like, the concept of the movie, like, you know, just the idea of, you know, training up your next fairy tale heroes, your next fairy tale villains. Um, of course, there was, like, some mean girl action going on there at yeah. on the other side. And I was like, okay. The Beatrix. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's just, you know, not okay. Like, okay, yeah, you're good, mm-hmm. but are you really? Like, you're still acting like yeah. the stuck-up prisses that it's not okay to be. Um but when you're talking about, like, some of the other yeah. stuff here, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, go ahead. No, no. You, you don't. You keep going. All right. Well, I was going to say, like, some some of the other stuff, like, I wanted to mention about, like, that whole switching sides scene there was, like, you had the Nevers being the good guys, the heroes, for, like, the first time in their lives and everything. And, like, you just see the repercussions of that throughout the rest of the movie. 
like you see at the end when everything kind of gets resolved there they're like you know maybe we don't have to be bad maybe like i can be good if i want to be even though i was told i am an, an evil person and i think like the attitude that agatha has throughout the entire movie of you can control your own destiny you don't have to be good because they tell you you're good you can still be bad when you're good and just because you, they put you in the school of evil, you can still be a hero. Like, just let yourself define yourself. Like, don't let someone else put a label on you. And so I thought that was just, like, a nice overarching theme that was in the movie. And something that was done well by, like, the way that the movie got resolved with with all of the switching and then the mingling of the houses. Yeah. And I think th- I, that was actually kind of what I wanted to get into here next is that was a big difference from the book because the book didn't spell it out in that way. And in fact, Agatha didn't quite say those things like, you know, it's not black or white, it's more gray. It, that was kind of implied along some of the some of the places, but it very much was kind of black and white. Yeah. And she was kind of railing against that a little bit. I like the inclusion of the teachers here and how they said how vain all these students had gotten. And yeah. I, th- that wasn't in the book, and I was like, that's great. I'm glad they brought this up because that was some one of my complaints with the book is that a lot of these good characters were just all like – it was all about appearances. And they addressed that in one part um, of the book, but not in a very meaningful or satisfactory way, whereas I feel like in this movie they really – nailed it down and i think i'm gonna as i go through the series it's gonna hit that more and more a little bit in some ways uh because i feel like each book kind of addresses a different stereotype if you will about good and evil or at least it attacks different stereotypes and so like one of the things that i thought was a little bit poorly done um was how they (laughs) had ugly class in the school of evil and smiling class in the school of good but that was part of the whole like stereotyping of good and evil. And I think yeah. that was really Samani's point here is that we always assume that evil is ugly. And that's why Sophie kind of like didn't fit in because she was evil, but she was also pretty. Right. And, you know, good has to be beautiful, but it doesn't because Agatha is really good. In fact, she's the best out of you. And she's not in the book. She's ugly, actually ugly. Whereas like in the movie, she's a she is beautiful right i mean she was a she was a good looking girl in uh, the movie here yeah. but okay so she was uglier and she was ugly in the thing there but yeah and in, in fact like to the point in the book where she wouldn't even look in mirrors and you got oh, that like man. for one second where she like wouldn't look in a mirror but she legitimately wouldn't look in mirrors like she would map her way around the school so she could avoid all the mirrors Oof. because she did not she has like a fear of it almost mm. because she had been told all her life how ugly she was and how you know and she just so she didn't want to face that she was super intelligent yeah and so she really embodied everything that the school for evil wanted but she was really good and she was yeah uh and it wasn't until i think it was professor dovey one of the professors ends up you end up finding out she's actually like the fairy godmother that's in all the fairy tales i could see professor dovey being that because she the way she was acting that she just screamed (laughs) fairy godmother (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to be your fairy godmother. And Agatha's like, oh. She's like, we're going to make you beautiful. And she's like, what? No. And you're like, oh, no, please don't do this. Like, this would be the worst thing for her character. And what they do is, like, 
they end up like knocking Agatha out and all the fairies like she's like oh no like and gets knocked out and she wakes up in in front of a mirror oh god and she's like oh no what do they do to me what do they do to me and she finally looks and she's just like oh wow I'm beautiful uh and then she's like you know going around she starts actually smiling at people and everyone's just like freaking out and like they're actually like oh wow noticing her Mm. in a positive way and come to find out that they didn't change anything about her oh wow that's awesome that's cool and that was that was that was the big thing for me. That's really a hook that like resonated with me mm. was the fact that it wasn't so much that they did anything to make her beautiful. It's just they they kind of tricked her into thinking it, and so yeah. she started okay. acting like okay. she was. I dig that. And then because of that, she started to be more confident, and that's when she started to become more uh, princessy. And like her and Tedros started, it, they were having a connection the entire time because he. His thing was is he didn't want just a pretty girl. Right. He wanted someone who was going to be good. And he kept finding her and he was like repulsed because not because necessarily she was ugly, just because he thought she was really a witch. Yeah. No, I like just I brought up the whole like ugly class and smiling class thing because like for me, like the villains I like the most are the ones you don't expect. And so like going to like Lord of the Rings and they're talking about like how, like, Sauron has different forms that he's been in, like, the Anatar, the, the elf that's, like, that's fair-looking, that's good-looking, and everything, and kind of, like, lures you in with his, like, kind of almost seduction and everything, and just, like, those types of villains were always the ones that appealed the most to me, and so, like, I, like I said, I saw Sophie coming from a mile away, and so, like, I was like, why would you, like, force her into that when that can be the best weapon of all to make people think you're good when really you're evil by being, you know, attractive, by being, you know, having that appealing outward outward appearance. But, okay, getting back into the movie here, though, like, so when you had the switch go off where Raphael kind of, like, came out and started, like, going for it at the end, Mm -hmm. was that in the book at all? Or, like, what were your thoughts on that part? Yeah, so he, the schoolmaster is pretty much absent from everything. Okay. In fact, they have to break into his tower to first meet him, uh, which was a pretty cool scene yeah. in the book. But that obviously wasn't the case here. They, well, they did kind of follow him. Kinda, in. They kind of break. They kind of broke in, but um, he he sort of gives them a riddle, and they don't answer it right away. But they answer it right away in in this. And um, at the end, what happens is, you know. Sophie goes in there and she's like, Oh, I want this, and like kind of goes to kiss him and stuff, and is like ends up like, No, I don't want this. Like, she starts to see how the evil has just started to devour him. And in the show that or in the movie, they did it with like the scars on his face showing like he's like decaying, right? He's breaking but apart. In the book, it's like he's a living corpse behind this mask mm. he has, he has like a silver mask on. Well, it's so funny because um, in the movie, like, he talks about how. As long as the good brother and the evil brother were alive, they stayed young and yeah. beautiful forever. But once one of them died, the other started to decay. And so, like, I almost kind of looked at it like he was wearing, like, a mask of mirrors. Where he was, like, projecting how he wanted himself to be viewed. And not, like, that wasn't his real appearance. He was a lot yeah. more flawed than what he let on. Yeah, which is exactly how it how it was. And what ends up happening is there's in the book a seer who's one of the teachers. He teaches at the school for good and the school for evil. He's blind. He paints 
pictures and stuff that shows different scenes and it's kind of a neat little uh, undercurrent in the book and because you learn earlier on like seers can accept like spirits of the dead mm. and so he calls on the good brother the good brother yeah. and they he ends up like they end up transforming into this beautiful giant swan that just attacks and destroys the evil brother oh man after he gets weakened and that's how the evil brother dies and that's why at the end like when he was killed like feathers poofed up it was like a little homage to that okay okay uh, and I don't know if he's dead, dead or not in the book series because, as I said, I'm only into book two and he hasn't popped up yet. <laughs> I'm assuming he is kind of done at least for a while. Yeah, but um, other overarching thoughts of the movie here, like, um, so I know we've kind of been like a little bit all over the place with this, but I think that's fine. No, I think it's a good way to fine. talk about we've it. Kind of been going different currents as we've talked about it. Yeah, anyway. but like, so some of like the other big thoughts I had on the the movie here, um, I really liked the plant vampire like things those things were like really cool the flowers that accidentally or the actually like snakes and came out and, like oh, bit man. you those were really cool yeah. um you're just bringing up all these things i want to talk about now yeah <laughs> like there was a lot that i actually really did enjoy about this movie even though like all in all if you're not a fan of young adult fiction or young adult fantasy you're not gonna, you're like, not gonna it, like this probably but if, if you have kids you'd prefer be a good movie to probably watch. If you have like slightly older 10 kids. or older kids, yeah. 10 year old or older kids, you can watch this movie with them. There's no sex, there's no swearing, there's no, there is a little blood, there's a little whatever, but nothing too bad. Um, no. All in all, like I said, I did, did enjoy it for what it was. And while it's not going to be my favorite fantasy movie of all time, obviously, um, it was still an enjoyable like two and a half hours to watch. Yeah, and I will say too, this movie had like a really like it had Paul Feig. Oh yes, that's exactly directing. what I wanted to talk about. Thank you. Uh, it had a lot of really big actors and actresses. You in had it. Lawrence Fishburne. And, you had Kate Blanchett, yeah. and of course mm-hmm. you had Charlize Theron, who plays an amazing uh, villain in a lot <laughs> of movies, not just this one. Yes, and it, you had a lot of actors from other Netflix series in there. Um, it, it overall, I was really surprised by the cast that was in there and. The quality of the film on the whole, like with the animation and stuff, was fairly good. Was yeah. pretty good. I mean, I almost equate Netflix movies to like straight to TV movies, you know. So <laughs> yeah. usually I'm like, oh, they're like mediocre quality, but like this was pretty good quality. Um, and I, I don't, I hope it does well. It'd be cool to see a sequel, but so that's it, actually it, what like, I wanted to ask you about be? too. Is did you think they left enough there for a sequel, or do you think that the movie has differentiated itself enough from the book material that it doesn't? Oh, need they can one? do a sequel. They can do a sequel. Okay. Honestly, because the book ended in a very similar fashion. Okay. Cool. With kind of those pieces left as they were, and it it actually is a really interesting sort of hook into the second book. Because their fairy tale ends differently than every other fairy tale has ever ended. Right, with the nemesis and the hero still alive. Yes, and so it sort of leaves the rest of the fairy tale world to sort of like, huh, reflect on their fairy, like their history, and like, mm. do we like it how it was, or do we like this story? Mm, that's actually a very. Very interesting. And you said the name of book two is what? A World Without Princes. Oh, God. Okay. So, first of all, okay, before we get out of here, I do want to bring this up, too. 
I thought it was incredibly cheesy about, oh, there's no truer love than your best friend. <laughs> and having I wish they having just Agatha kiss that. Sophie and healing her with her tears Again. and kiss. I was like, oh my god, kill I me know. now. <laughs> that part, it was it. That part was really bad. And I liked in the book. It was literally like she just. It was like because that's Sophie's or Agatha's power. Her she has this true wish. She mm. can make true wishes and they come true if her emotions are strong enough and she's like, uh, you know, feeling it, so to speak, like she did with the wish fish. Right, yeah, it's um, going to bring them up, actually. And she was actually, uh, like, in that same scene, that she was changing a gargoyle back into a human when Tedros killed it. And so I like that they did that with this character because it made you feel like, oh, my gosh, yeah, it's like, that's Gregor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Overall... <laughs> So, overarching thoughts again, Mike, like, you enjoyed it, didn't enjoy it, thought it was worth the watch? I It was it was worth the watch. I wouldn't probably watch it again, but it's not going to kill my enjoyment of reading the books by any means, and I would definitely recommend the book series, especially for younger readers. I know I've gotten some of my students uh, into it from talking about it, because especially for them like some of these things that we say oh it's so e-, like we knew that was coming like they don't yeah see they're it young coming, enough so that they haven't been a... tainted yet by by good fantasy <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah uh and so it's it's a it's definitely a great series and it's really empowering i think to a lot of uh younger female readers especially because to be honest with you a lot of fantasy books don't have strong female characters true and this book does and I think that that's just a good thing. So just really quick, talking about the book series, Mike, like where would you say reading-wise you'd kind of put this? Would this be like on the level of Harry Potter difficulty? Would this be more complex, less complex? Probably on the level of Harry Potter difficulty. It's definitely a bit longer read than like even The Sorcerer's Apprentice, but along the same lines. So middle school, fifth sixth grade probably starting off and i'm expecting as i read through the series the books are going to grow with like because that's how harry potter was they got more complex as they went these ones look all about the same thickness so i can't speak too much to that yet but i'm assuming that they'll at least get a little bit more complex as i go and is this a completed book series or are is this yes worked on? so it is a completed book series and actually i think they just did a prequel or maybe they're doing a second book in the prequel series which focuses on the two brothers Ooh. and kind of their story but the main story is a trilogy no oh so there is a trilogy uh it's like so there's a trilogy of them the school years and then there's a second set of books, three, that's like the Camelot years. So Oh, okay. I see a little a little spoilery stuff being tilted in there, but <laughs> I mean, I that's all I know, yeah. so I don't know what exactly that entails, but Well to me that tells me that Tedros survives at least until book the second half of the series there, but Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, right. Well, I actually will probably watch this a second time because I know Amy had, my wife Amy had talked about wanting to watch this too. And right now I am, uh, I am away on a work trip and I had nothing to do in my hotel room. So I watched this and we talked yeah. about it. I just want to say one more thing. So you know how they had Tedros and Sophie go into the woods, right? Yeah, I actually really like that concept. And it was concept. the fairy tale 
trial at the trial of tales trial of tales so that's very different in the books and i i mean i know why they did it but pretty much what it ends up being is the top ranked students from both schools end up going in in waves oh and they sort of have to the ones that survive to the morning get like this huge honor and like all these accolades and stuff and it's sort of like not a fight to the death because they don't kill each other they do have those handkerchiefs and they drop them and it's really just to make the other people quit Mm. Um, but it's sort of a fight and Sophie ends up going in even though she wasn't and she didn't actually earn that spot Agatha had been helping her throughout the school year to get her top grades because they were trying to get Tedros to get the true love's kiss so they could go back home that was like Agatha's main thing is like I want to go back home with my best friend and you got that in the movie in the in the movie though it is a bit different it's just Tedros and uh Sophie going in, but the ending is similar. And the goal Sophie is different, up. though, too, because the goal in this yeah. is in the movie is like, oh, Tedros, Sophie, if your love, because Sophie tries to seduce him and, and puts on her yeah. best, like, I'm evil and hot, love me type of thing. And she's like, <laughs> put on a full on succubus, seductress mode there. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, pretty interesting. But, uh, anyways, getting into the trial of, t- of tales here, like, so the headmaster basically tells Sophie and Tedros, if you guys truly love each other, we're going to put one of you on one end of the forest, one of you on the other. If you truly love each other, you'll find each other in the forest. And it's this big dangerous thing, but... Well, and in the in the book, that's kind of this... It's a similar thing, except all these students are like, good or evil, they're like, we're going to take you guys out yeah. because we don't think that this is right. There is still the dangers in the woods, mm-hmm. like you saw. But it's not quite, uh, it's not just those. It's also other students. Because, mm. like, honestly, the dangers in the woods didn't seem like it was that dangerous. It was, the, it was the flowers and then the scarecrow reaper thing. Yeah. But but it, it was really those things combined mm. uh, in the book. So I, I just liked in the book the, that extra layer because there was a lot more buildup to it. But, again, I know why they did it so they could cut a lot of the fluff out. Fluff. It's not really fluff, but you know what I mean. For storytelling purposes, it helped the story move at a quicker pace, especially when this was already clocking in at two and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, it was actually a long movie. I was surprised. It was. I don't think they yeah. could have done any shorter, though. No. Yeah. All right. But I, I think that's it for right now for me. Yeah, on this. too. I was going to say, like, I think that's going to do it for us here talking about The School for Good and Evil, a movie on Netflix, and a book series here. So if you wanted to check out either, definitely... You know, go on in with expectations set accordingly. (laughs) But that's going to do it for us. So uh, this is Tuned signing off. See ya. See ya. What school would you be in? I'd probably be evil. (laughs) No, I'd be good. I'd be good. Yeah, I think. uh, Yeah, I'd be good. (laughs) Could not deal with that. I mean, I help kids for a living, so I'm I'm good. Peace.